Welcome back, listeners. Listener. There's no listeners. To the Listen In Podcast. It's sort of an ironic name we gave it. It is. Listen In. Since uh, no one's doing that. Anyways, it's episode 146. Uh, We, Jake, are talking about how much Ryan Adams sucks. Yeah. uh, This was an interesting, uh, and by interesting I mean disturbing and very upsetting story about um, sort of folk and rock Sort of like indie icon, Ryan Adams, um, mm. and his fall from grace uh, yeah. because he was sexually manipulative to many women. And like emotionally abusive. And like had dalliances with and on like text relationships with uh, girls as young as 15 and 14. Yikes. Uh, yeah, so neither... Sounds I, bad when you say it that way. I, I mean, all of it's bad. That's what I'm saying. Mandy Moore got caught up in this. Obviously, his, his ex-wife, Phoebe Bridgers, big friend of the pod, big uh, big fan. Big supporter of our podcast. Fans. Yeah. She's the um, listener. Among others. But yeah, this is a really, really sad story. Uh, really kind of disturbing. Uh, I don't even know where to begin, Jake. I, were you ever a Ryan Adams fan? Did you ever listen to him? I never did. No. I never did so either. That's why like part of this story I don't have much emotional connection to. The one emotional connection I do have is... Well, there's two, actually. I don't mean to say that in a cold, disconnected way. Oh, obviously, no, 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 no. I feel bad like, this for is any, obviously awful. any victim of this. And I'm glad that he's been kind of outed as being a shitty person. Yeah. Um, and good for all of the victims here for speaking out. And that New York Times piece, I think, was really good. Um... Anyways, my two big memories of Ryan Adams, one, is in the Lizzie Goodman book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, they did an interview with Julian Casablancas, Albert Hammond Jr., all the all the people who are involved in the music scene in New York City in the early 2000s, and uh, basically Julian Casablancas was just like, yeah, Ryan Adams was a piece of shit. He was always, like, fucked up or trying to, like, get Albert to do heroin and all this stuff. And after I read that, I was like, okay, Ryan Adams, like, you seem like you really suck. And then, remember he got into, like, a little tiff with Father John Misty yeah. around, like, Newport Folk Fest or whatever. This was around the time we had our infamous, like, two-part podcast extravaganza. Um, just <laughs> celebrating Father John yes, Misty. Yes. Uh, I think around the time our listenership took a swoon. <laughs> but I remember Father John Misty just being like yeah fuck that guy Yeah, uh, never got a good vibe from him uh, look those things aside that doesn't really even compare to some of this stuff but you know this is just is this this is a hot take question Jake if we were if this was first take but for music yeah it so would are you be, Steve are you um, uh, well, Stephen A's not on first take anymore no Skip isn't He's on oh, another right. show. Sorry, Stephen A. and Max The, que- Kellerman, the right? question would be, Jake, is this music's Me Too moment? Uh, oh man, like yeah, but it has been for it, right, it exactly, like a while, exactly, especially yeah. in like the punk scene, in yeah. the emo scene. We saw a lot of that going on. We did um, people, a lot of people, yeah. being sort of outed. Phoebe Bridgers said a really interesting thing after the fact. Uh, she posted on her Instagram and was just like, you know, it's been a really trying week. Like, big shout out to like my mom, my family, my friends, everybody who kind of supported me. And she said, if your friends are acting shitty, say something. That's the only way this gets better. And yeah. uh, I thought that was interesting advice. So something to keep in mind for all the listeners out there who may be like, well, what can I do? It's like, well... Keep your friends and the people who are around you in check. And that's how, like, this all gets better. So Yeah, keep them accountable. Might be yeah. difficult advice to follow, um, I would imagine. Easier said than done, I yeah, think. I would but, think. But she also said if they're your friends and they're decent enough people, they'll be apologetic and they'll try and be better. If they're not, then maybe they shouldn't be your friend. Now, let me ask you this. What's the play with a friend? So say that Ryan Adams is her friend. It seems like they had a relationship. Yep. At one point, a consensual yep. romantic relationship. That went too far on his part. Is part of that, should it be private first? Yeah. And maybe was it? Was it private first? Was it? Do you think she called him out? And, or maybe tried, there was some attempt to intervene and say, look, man, like this kind of activity is not cool. Yeah, from what I understand, it seems like the consensual relationship came to an end. She, 
she ended up still going on tour and opening for him. And then there was like another situation and it was like, okay, this is not okay, basically. Because I didn't read the entire piece, but it seems like other than the underage girls stuff, yeah. which is, you know, don't really even want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Right. The other stuff was that he was emotionally cloying and, and yeah, too and like uh, not cloying, and manipulative. too, too yeah. Uh, clinging. Yeah, yeah. Like was saying like him and Phoebe should have gotten like married like a week after they like met or whatever. And a little she much. was like, okay. Yeah, like, like 17 years difference in age. Or something yeah, like, that. like 20. I think she was 20. He was 40 at wow. the time. Wow. Uh, apparently, Jake, the song... Uh, motion, emotional motion sickness is it's about that. about Ryan Adams ah. with the line I faked it every time, but that's all right. Wow. I hardly feel anything. That is like, <laughs> that's a, that's a line. Yeah, that's some cutting shit. Yeah, yeah. Damn man. Yeah. Well, so this... go back and I listened to that song the other day with different ears, and it's a good one. That's good some, one. That's some shit, man. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe is like really in the thick of things. Oh right yeah. yeah, 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 um, for sure. Speaking of, this is not at all related to all that shit, but uh, the podcast that I've I've plugged, I think, a handful of times on on here, um, Song Exploder. Yeah, we're kind of contemporaries and peers. We're as popular, if as popular means um, not as popular. Right. So on opposite <laughs> So day, yeah, we're, we're contemporaries. We're contemporaries of them in that we've never met, spoken with, consulted with, or been on the same level of them. <laughs> if that's what being a contemporary is, we are total contemporaries of... We're fucking, you know, part and parcel with <laughs> with Song Exploder. Um, but uh, we have fun here. We do. Um, Phoebe Bridgers did an episode on Song Exploder, uh, and it's worth listening to. She did the song, uh, uh, Star- was it Stark Street, something Street? Scott Street. Scott Street. Yep. Yeah, one yep. of those S streets. Yes, great song. School Love that song. Street. I'm excited to listen to that though. But yeah, she's uh, she's right in the thick of it. Good for him. For good for her for calling out uh, Ryan Adams. Fuck that dude. Uh, hot thoughts, Jake. Let's dive in. Yeah, we got some um, albums. So it's been two weeks since our last episode. There really wasn't much to speak of last week in terms of new releases. But- However, the week before we had a few good ones. Yeah, we had a big week. Um, the first one here on our list is uh, Jessica Pratt, Quiet Signs. Now, Jake, this was one of our more anticipated ones yeah. coming off of getting into Jessica Pratt's last album, On Your Own Love Again, towards the end of last year. Uh, so, Quiet Signs is the follow-up here. Nine songs, 27 minutes. Uh, really extending the... Oh man, how would you even describe this vibe on this record, man? Or like her vibe in general? She, her vibe in general with this album, and I think um, on your own love again, it's sort of an echoey. Um, it feels like it was recorded in a very like. I mean, this one was actually a major studio album, and it's to her credit that it sounds a lot like her previous recordings. Still sounds lo-fi. Sounds lo-fi. Uh, feels very. I think echoey and reverb is the wrong word because there's not a lot of. Like electronic instrumentation going on, but there's a lot of like it feels like a lived-in space or something, mm. and that there's like a good, a healthy amount of echo going on. Um, and it's it's sort of to me a mysterious sounding kind of mysterious is a folk great music. Way. Yes, that mysterious reminds, folk. The comparison I made, and I'm I'm curious if you agree at all, is it reminds me in some ways of like the more echoey, sparse. Fleet Fox's acoustic songs, like Tiger Mountain Peasant Song yeah. or Oliver James, yes, um, or whatever that uh, Innocent Son. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. It reminds me of those types of songs where, like, you can hear the natural echo in the room. It's mostly Robin Pecknold on the mic. That yeah, the, her vocal delivery is very different than his. Right. Um, but yeah, what, what about what do you? How would you describe it? I, I would agree, My, mysterious folk haunting is another very word haunting. I would use. Um, yeah, I think th- I also got some like Van Morrison vibes totally from this record. Some particularly like Astral Weeks jazzy stuff going on. Um, uh, so we were talking about this when it first came out, Jake. That it almost feels like one big song in a way. Yeah. Like, like it's sort of hard to pick out individual songs here. Obviously, like. There's certain songs where I can say, yeah, like, This Time Around is great, or Fairly Well is awesome, or, you know, whatever. 
but I think this works really well as a whole. Like you kind of need to have the entire experience of this album to really sink your teeth in and enjoy it. It's to its credit that the tone is sort of there for the entire album. There's mm. um, the tones feel like for the most part, very warm and kind of inviting. It feels like an album you can kind of sit back into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does feel sort of of another time in a way. It, that's, I think, where I'm getting some of that Fleet Foxes stuff is yeah. that um, some of these songs, particularly Crossing, um, mm. re- feels almost medieval yeah, in, the it way, in its song structure and the kind of like, sounds like something you would have heard in a church like yeah. in the 1500s or something. That's played a, on a loop. Yeah, okay, so... We've thrown out terms like mysterious, haunting. I think, uh, like, how would you describe Jake like a quiet church? Like, there's an energy in a church that's like, it's like that. It's like solemn, but but stirring. And like, yeah. it, it can be. It's not exciting. You're not going to pump you up, but it can like move you definitely. In in because I think like with anything, when I think medieval, or I think. Church, the church of old and stuff like that even though this is not as far as I can tell a religious oh album, no no really informed by religion at all it, it does seem like inspired by like chamber music and kind of like like that kind of music that can be quietly stirring and moving yeah. in ways that like I think it kind of locks into this groove in my brain that like and this is how I always felt about those Fleet Foxes recordings I don't even understand what it's doing it feels like it's yeah. doing this thing that's like almost like primal like it's yeah. like it's a generations old groove in my brain oh that is that is a great way to describe this and i think that's why we're sort of struggling to describe what this even is and we're throwing out these terms but none of them feel like we're totally nailing it i think that's the best description that we've had so far it, it is kind of like that primal medieval thing yeah and i think that this album quiet signs more than on your own love again it's funny like they they really are distinct albums very different sounding despite the fact that the ingredients are very similar right that the output is very different you mentioned that quiet signs feels almost like one long song mm-hmm. which i totally agree and on your own love again has standout tracks absolutely and i think and, and it's to her credit again that all of the tracks on it are standouts yes but those feel more like song songs. I, I completely agree. And, and yeah, Jessica Pratt has a really unique voice too, unique singing yeah. voice. You can't mistake her, but I agree. Quiet Signs is its own thing separate from On Your Own Love Again, even though maybe on first listen they sound really similar. I love the opening piano on opening night, the first track of the album. Yep. And I love how the notes on that song go right into the notes on the acoustic guitar on the next song as the world turns like that those two could those two songs are basically one song to to open the album and it just kind of keeps flowing from there and it helps too that a lot of these songs are under 3 minutes yeah and the, and the melodies i think another thing that kind of lends itself to the general vibe on this album especially is I think it's even more than on her previous album. The the melodies and her, the the lyrics she's singing are particularly kind of hard to parse. Yeah, sort of hard to understand they what are. she's actually saying. And to um, every once in a while, if you really listen, you can break it down. But if you're willing, if you're like even ten percent not paying attention, you're not going to catch the words. No, you're going to catch the sort of movement of her vocal mm, melody, which I think is sort of to its credit. I, oh, I agree. You know, and um, so I mentioned to you also when this first came out, I said the only criticism I have is that I wish it were longer. 27 minutes. And look, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, which you have, because, you know, once you listen once, you're going to be a listener for life. We, we are the Pringles of podcasting. <laughs> Very unhealthy. Or I should say Lay's Chips. Once, What is it? Bet you can't just have just one. <laughs> Didn't nail that. <laughs> Didn't nail that. And, you know, like I said, if you've listened to us, you know we love a short album, Jake. Yeah. 30, 35 minutes. That's our wheelhouse. 27, love it. However, this, in a lot of ways, feels like an ambient album. And her voice ends up just being another layer of sound that is kind of woven throughout. And before it's even really, like, started and I can live in it, it's over. Which is fine because I can just keep listening. But uh, the one criticism would be I want more of this. The thing that hammers that home is that it does start with opening night into As the World Turns and Fare Thee Well. Those three songs are, as far as this track list goes, I think among among the 
most minimal in terms of how structured they feel and how much they feel like okay this is a she wrote a song and like play they feel very much like vibes that she found little nooks in which to in, put lyrics and stuff yeah i think that when when you get to hear my love um this time around mm. crossing aeroplane those are the ones that feel more like song songs yeah but they still are in the very sort of like hushed vibe yeah that I, I think what I love about this album is it's something you can really lose yourself in. Totally. And it is gone in a blank. It's been, it like, is. It, it, the 27 minutes zoomed by. And I, I think that it's a great accomplishment. I'm so happy that we have access to these because um, she was what's it, Drag City, Drag right? City. Uh, I don't know about this album, actually. Uh, Quiet, I think... Yeah, th- this one came out on Mexican Summer. Uh, oh, okay, okay. But her last one was a Drag City release. And she's been on a new uh, label each e- album. Each time, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So I, I've been super impressed with this. I think we talked about this before, but this is my favorite album of the year so far. Yes, um, I would agree with that. It's early. We're at February twentieth right. as we speak. Yeah. Um, so I mean, hey, man, we're six of the way through. That's right. You know, it's not just about a, not an insubstantial, no. unsubstantial no. amount of the year. But um, I've listened to it a tons already. Um, oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it's been great. Let's. Talk about another record, Jake, that we were looking forward to. The new Panda Bear album, yeah. uh, Buoys. So this one's another short one. Nine songs, 31 minutes. This was the follow-up to Panda Bear's 2015 album, Panda Bear Meets the Grim Reaper, um, which we both really, really liked. Yeah. Panda Bear Meets the Grim Reaper. Haven't uh, revisited it a ton since. But no, it, I've listened a couple times. It holds up. Yeah. It's good. Um, I, in general, really like Panda Bear. So I, let me... I have a I have a take here on on buoys. Let's hear it. Um, I I think this album's decent. Yep. Uh, I enjoyed it for the one week I listened to it, like the week it came out. I've kind of forgotten about it since. Um, I think my first listen was actually my best listen to this, which almost never happens. I think you were probably hyped on the Jessica Pratt. I, I was, and You're I was like, like, "Oh, new Panda Bear! Like yeah. this is great." So the the big takeaways I have from it are. The instrumentation is a lot more minimal than it has been in the past. I think one of the calling cards of Panda Bear was always layers of sound and different you know, types of sounds that were woven throughout. There's plenty of songs on this album, though, that are just like a strummed acoustic guitar. And he has ditched the kind of echoey reverb vocals or the vocal layers for a much more straight-ahead vocal performance which after repeat listens i have to say is not my favorite brand of panda bear yeah um so where i'm at with this album uh is again i think it's similar to where you're at there are things i enjoy about it um i never had a great truly great listen to it i think Mm. my third fourth or fifth was the best one uh i think what happens to me with this album is especially around the like fourth fifth sixth song mark um, I feel like the, what you mentioned, the instrumentation, uh, I can see it being a worthwhile experiment. I don't think it totally works for me because uh, the, the, that acoustic guitar is so muted. It's so in the background and his voice, Panda Bear's voice is like a treasure. It's like, it, it, like it's one of the more unique, um, interesting voices that we have in indie music. And I like, I love the way he sings, but I don't love the way it's recorded or produced on this album because mm. he does this thing where... Like you said, it's very straight ahead and it's very loud in the mix, yeah. and it's also constantly with like this slapback effect. Yeah, this like this really quick delay effect where it's like he 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 says like everything he says is immediately echoed. And I feel like that's a lot of what we've seen from Animal Collective recently. Is like we know we can just make awesome indie pop songs yeah. and sound like the Beach Boys, but in the year 2019, but we're just not gonna do it. There was a lot of that shit on Painting With. But yeah, that's what it, I'm saying. It, yeah, exactly. And it's what it's ran, too much. It's what ran. What, what kind of made me tired of Painting With after a little bit is, it seems like Panda Bear has found this crutch of, uh, of this like immediate, really quick delay vocal technique. Mm-hmm. It kind of annoys me as I'm listening. Uh, like yeah. I'm thinking on songs like uh, I Know I Don't Know, Master, and even Buoys. Honestly, the yeah. song Buoys. One of my favorite songs, to me, it, maybe it's a surprise to some people, is Inner Monologue. I love the... It's a cool song. That like weird... He does some vocal effects that are different on yeah. that one. Where it sounds like his voice is like has been compressed and crunched through a phaser or something. Yeah. It's really cool sounding. Um, and 
Yeah, I just, I guess, like, because I was listening to... Um, uh, person but, Pitch? Yeah, some of Person Pitch. Good, good Girl Carrots, yeah. or maybe... Um, What's that other really long one? Something boys. Oh man, I'm trying to remember Rose. what the name of it is. One of the long songs on Person Pitch, and what he did so well with that album is the layering. It's incredible. There's so much to like listen to and Bros. find in the mix, bros. Um, and I, I just feel like that is sort of lacking here. It's not totally fair to compare this. No, to Person Pitch. I, I think on Bowie, he's specifically trying a different thing if he wanted to make person pitch again i have no doubt that he could yeah i don't think he wants to he's not interested in doing that he's this to me seemed like kind of an experiment and he's like you know what i've put out enough albums so far where i have afforded myself the ability to do this uh but i agree with you it's just not my favorite brand of panda bear i think the three best songs on here are the first three tracks and i think a song like token is some of the most like classic sounding panda bear it happens to probably be my favorite song on here uh but yeah other than that it's like you know i'm i'm glad i spent time with it for a week i'm not really gonna return to it much this year i don't think but i already haven't really been yeah um I do enjoy Dolphin. Like you said, the yeah. first three tracks are good. Uh, it's just like, I think eventually the recipe he's playing with on this, like the, it comes down to that vocal thing. It's just like, I don't know, maybe it's the way I'm listening to it or my headphones or something, but the vocals sound so amped in the mix, yeah. so loud. Like you said, it's different. It's an experiment. I, I'm not going to knock Panda Bear for, but it, it, had, it didn't really do it for me all that much. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so the other album that we wanted to talk about, Jake, is an ambient album um, by an artist called Nivek. Is that is that the? Per- I I don't know. We're I think I think yeah. Taking N- your best our- Nivek 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 Nivek. Yeah, it's N I V H E K. Taking our, uh, and- our our best guess there. So this is actually um, oh man, I am blanking on her name right now it's it, grouper liz harris yeah, that sounds right that liz sounds something. right liz harris liz harris yeah. there you so go liz harris how's that for a poll is the that is a great poll is the mastermind behind grouper uh which is kind of like ambient dream poppy she took it to the way more ambient level with this nivek project uh and the album is called After Its Own Death slash Walking in a Spiral Towards the House. It's four tracks long. It's just a side A, side B, uh, C and D type of deal. Um, hour long, though. Hour long, four songs. I think this album's excellent. Yeah. It, I, I've really enjoyed this. It's been great um, as like a work or I'm getting shit done album. I have been in the mood recently yes. for more just like that type of music. More just ambient or like experimental noise stuff like i've been listening to swans recently which is like much much more abrasive and different but i i've been kind of opening myself up more to that experimental side and this really scratched that itch for me yeah it's been great um and so the first side or side a and side b the after its own death side feels like it the whole thing is like a meditation on sound like it's really yeah. like long experimentations with different sounds it, it it doesn't even feel particularly plotted or all that much like it was composed right they're ambient pieces and the first two sides deal more with like feedback i think i think she's using a guitar on those i was listening to to compare before this just so i could tell what the difference was between the two sides side the, the third the the third and fourth tracks deal with like tubular bells it seems like she's yeah. using like like mostly bells which i love i love it's great. those songs um the second track too which is 21 minutes long side b of after its own death has this like weird little interlude thing going on where like yeah. all this distortion cuts in yeah and then it's a bunch of people talking yeah. and that just ends yeah that's crazy a weird distraction it is from the whole very thing. <laughs> yeah so i've been like listening to this as i fall asleep sometimes and that part is i'm like oh let's get past this part but yeah, that's all the more re- like with that you could even do like just tracks one, three, and four as True. a sleep thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the bells start on the end of side B. I was trying to see if I could figure out a, a pattern. I think that really is what it is. It feels like after its own death, you ju- uses more feedback and guitar tones, and walking in a spiral towards the house is more about bells. But I that that's the only pattern I could really pick up. Yeah. on. Yeah, 
either way, there's some beautiful moments on here. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. And if you're into ambient or kind of this more experimental soundscape stuff, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, one more here that I want to give a shout out. It's not brand new. This came out maybe over a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, an album by uh, William Tyler. Uh, I forget what band he was in. Uh, if you, do you mind looking it up? While oh, I, yeah. Uh, he's in some pretty well-known indie band. Um, he So this album, it's called Goes West. Um, and I'm going to look more into his catalog after hearing this. He has other albums from 2016, Modern Country. Go yeah, ahead. he was in Land Chop and Silver Jews. Silver Jews. Okay, that's the one I was thinking of. Um, this album Goes West is really, really cool. Uh, it, it's mostly or entirely instrumental, centered mostly on guitar, composed guitar parts, um, like uh, with other instrumentation, there's drums and bass and full band stuff, just no vocals, no lyrics. Um, it's this really kind of like experimental and sort of triumphant sounding guitar music it, i've been really mm-hmm. digging it um it, for listeners i would check out the songs alpine star and failsafe the first two tracks um which i think are excellent yeah you'll get a good sense of what it's all about i, I was able to listen today for the first time this is a really cool album I, I have one particular takeaway from it okay towards the there was a song or two towards the end i forget which one i wasn't looking at track names but when i was a kid and it would be summertime and it would be like a August and it was that time of the summer where things would just be like really hazy and hot and it'd be later in the day or evening I would get this weird sadness and like sense of like I don't want to call it depression but more just like sort of dread I don't I have no idea why there were a couple guitar tones on this album that like put me in that mood. Whoa. It was really weird. That's such a cool feeling. Um, but it was. It was cool. Like, so, got that vibe. That is a singular, very personal experience. No, but that's but, the kind of shit you're, that like, yeah. music is all about, man. Yeah. That's like the whole thing we're chasing. Yeah. No, it's true. Is, like, it's very true. Is what kind of moods it conjures. That's really interesting. And I, yeah. it like makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. And I can't say that I had the exact same experience, but... That totally get it. resonates. Yeah. It is sort of like a slightly summery, but it does feel like, yeah, like almost like the end of summer. I, yeah. I, I Actually, that resonates with me too. So that's really interesting. This is worth checking out, I would say. It's, it's one I sort of took a flyer on and uh, on repeat listens have just continued to enjoy. It's a great, another good, good getting yeah, shit done totally. album because it's totally instrumental. Yeah, so. definitely. Cool. So that was Hot Thoughts. Um, Jake, I want to introduce... A new segment here, and this is going to kind of go off of what we've done in the past of having a, a longer think piece discussion in the middle. What I would like to do for the rest of 2019, leading up to the end of the year and leading up to us making our best albums of the decade and best songs of the decade lists, I would like to have a discussion or just kind of a look back each week about some artist or album or song or idea about music from the 2010s that we'd like to just kind of go back and talk about. Because I think once we get to the end of the year, we're going to be talking about some of the most popular stuff from the past decade. We're going to be talking about Kanye a lot, Frank Ocean, like, you know, the really big names. I think this will be an interesting and fun opportunity to go back and have conversations about stuff that we wouldn't really otherwise. And... You know, with the benefit of a few years going by, or in some cases almost 10 years going by, I think it would be interesting to revisit some of the albums that we got way into before, or maybe some things that we missed. And I think going off of our discussion about our top 10 national songs a couple weeks ago, that fits nicely into, and is a good way to kick it off, where the national, I would say, is probably our favorite band this decade. Yeah, Uh, We talked about how much they've meant to us. We did a top 10. So we were able to kind of dive a little deeper into certain topics. That's what I would like to do here. Um, So for this week, Jake, and this wasn't even, this one won't be that in depth, but I've been going back and I've been listening to just my best songs of the decade playlist that I've kept. And that is basically just a collection of all of the best songs of the year playlists that I've been making over the years. And it's all just thrown into one. So if I don't really have anything that I'm in the mood to listen to, I'll just shuffle that and I'll like skip through tracks until I find a song. And I 
had some Tame Impala songs come up over the last week or two. And it got me thinking about what, like we had this discussion a, a, a little while ago of like, is Tame Impala still cool? Like it was when we were talking sure. about like the Coachella lineup. Yeah. And it was this idea of like, wait a minute, what's like Tame Impala actually all about? And one, and I love Tame Impala and okay. I still do. Yeah. There's one song in particular that I listened to that just did not, I, I like didn't like it and thought it was like too much. Which song is that? Yes, I'm Changing. Okay. I was like, this song's way too on the nose. Interesting. It's so on the nose, but at the same time, it's like so generically broad that it can apply to anything. Yeah. And I remember in 2015 when that came out, I was like, oh, wow, like this is a really cool song. Now in 2019, I'm like, this song's bullshit. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That was my favorite song on that album. It was um, one of my favorites too. Uh, I know what you mean. The sentiment is, is pretty on the nose. I've... I haven't listened to it in a while. I think I would still really like it. I, For me, Tame Impala, I never was like that locked in on the lyrical content yeah. of Tame Impala. Personally, I, I always like the reason I vibe so hard on, on Currents and on Lonerism is just like, it's Kevin Parker, right? Mm -hmm. Not Kevin Turner. Who's Kevin Turner? No one. Um, Alex Turner. Uh, his really innate and like, like, freakish sense of melody and, right. and songcraft like so i but i know what you mean I, I i know what you're saying it's like it's kind of it's a very simple sentiment yeah and it just for whatever mood i was in or whatever i was just like i can't i cannot get down with this song anymore interesting it just took me out of the song like the lyrics being what they are they say people never change, but that's bullshit, Sean. You've changed. I have changed. I've realized that that song's bullshit. Ah, it it like I'll stand for that song. The lyric, the lyrical content of that song, took me out of whatever cool stuff is happening, sound wise, melody wise, whatever. I was just like, I this can't be ignored. Um, so I, basically, the larger point here is it's interesting to go back to some of these songs that we have kind of put up there as canon for the decade and just revisit with you know being a little older having a little different perspective or having listened to more music and just being like oh this thing that i thought was incredibly great it is interesting dude because on, on that album especially on currents I'm, I'm very interested to see how it'll age for different people because he really went for certain things on that and i think it's stuff that he immediately like he even came out after he's like don't like the way it sounds like, right like I think one that might not age perfectly uh, is because I'm a man, uh, yeah. which is like again it's a self-effacing thing about I'm a man. That's why I do stupid shit. Like it, it is self-deprecating. But I mean I've had experiences like with Mary Kate who listened to that and like she was like I fuck this song like, right like, right this is stupid and right. I was like but it's like it's not he's not saying it like in a macho way. She's like I know but it like it doesn't yeah no, I, I, I can I can see which that. I which I get yeah. And I understand what you're saying about this one, um, but uh, yeah, I, I have to re-listen to Currents again soon, actually, because... Well, it's interesting, too, because after I listened to Yes, I'm Changing, um, one of the other songs came up. Well, Let It Happen yeah. came on. I was like, oh, this song's awesome. Yeah. And, it's, and that still held up. And I think that on that song is an example of like the lyrics in that are more of feeling. Yeah. Then they are. Um, then they are that literal. I think what he started to experiment with, in some ways, on Currents, is he would have these songs that had really specific lyrical, sort of almost narratives. Yeah. With with some of the songs, but not all of them. Let it happen is sort of more like there's just a vibe going on. Right. It reminds me of like um, be above it. Yeah, and that's I think more my favorite Tame Impala. Lonerism has remained my favorite album. By Tam and Paula for sure. Yeah I, yeah, I I think that the more I go back to it, the stuff he's doing with the guitars just feels like more. It, 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 there's more substance there. I think even in the throes of loving currents, I always knew that there was something sonically about it that's a little too gutless. Yeah, to be totally like one of my favorites ever. Like I You're loved right. it in the moment. I yep. still like it a lot now. Yep. The production on it is very just like light and synthy. Let It Happen is one of the more sort of like propulsive ones on there. Uh, less I Know the Better is yeah. also up there. That, that was a highlight. But 
Yeah, man, I don't know. Team Impala, I, uh, we'll see with this new record that's coming out later this year. Um, but yeah, an interesting band in the, the indie rock catalog that I just wanted to shed a little bit of light on after doing some listening. So that was just kind of an introduction to this segment. And I think... I feel like it should be the segment can be whatever observation... Absolutely, yep. ...or thought we have about one of these songs over the last 10 years. Yep. Yep, or one of the artists or whatever. Uh, another quick one, and we don't have to get into it very much. I just want to say I listened to Angel Olsen on my getting ready and on my way to work this morning. I listened to My Woman and uh, Burn Your Fire for No Witness. She's a great songwriter. Uh, my Woman in particular, I, I underrated that album when it came out. That album's amazing. It is, yeah. I, f- I think I need to revisit It's that so album. good. I think especially now I'd like it more. One last thought on Currents that I have that's interesting, especially as we're looking at this decade as a decade, it's really interesting to me that like, so this is in the era of our podcast. It yeah. was like, it was near, yeah. right? So we, at the end of the year this came out, 2015, we started recording. All of that feels like of an era to me. Yeah. What's really interesting is that when you look back at the 2010s, on aggregate, yeah. Sean, that's going to be like a mid-decade out, 2015, dead middle of the decade. And like right now we're at the tail end. That just, it feels crazy to me. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about that Father John Misty album. Honey Bear? I was thinking about To Pimp a Butterfly, Currents, all those 2015 albums. And I remember at the time doing the podcast and ranking it and being like, oh, like we're getting, you know, to the this feels late in the decade. It's like, no, that was the middle. That was the exact, that was the middle, man. That was man. a dead true middle. So, oof, it, it's crazy. And I do think for a lot of reasons, the podcast being one, I think moving a bunch of different places and just that second half of this decade feel, feeling more tumultuous. Yeah. 2015 is kind of that sea change year where I'm always going to look back and be like, oh, 2015 is actually when you turn, like, that's when, like, your real adult life started how do you feel about this as a sub segment of this this sort of look back on mm-hmm. the on the decade thing um time and place where yeah. what was this as a time and place yeah, thing for you i love that so love for that. me since you brought up tame impala currents as a time and place thing for me is our, our we went on a trip with all our friends to north carolina yep. and i remember going for runs on like the beach and and like on the weird sort of like boardwalk, yeah. Um, and listening to this album because it had just come out, and so that's always what what like yes, I'm changing. Let's yeah. I know the better. Let it happen. All that shit reminds me of. Uh this album for me was living in my first apartment. I remember listening to this when I was in the shower or whatever, and was going through a breakup at the time. So all these songs were very apropos, right. Jake. And I think that's why I was I had a lot of like emotional like resonance with this album, even though some of the lyrics were very on the nose. Sure. Um, and I think looking back now, I'm just like, oh, okay, like that. Yeah, this was fine for then, but like right now, like this current. And those songs will not rank anywhere nearly as high as they would have if 2015 Sean were ranking them. And I think that is going to be one of the interesting things about these discussions is like, has this appreciated or depreciated for you? Tame and Paula, I think current specifically, depreciated. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm keeping an open mind with that because this was an important record for me. Yeah. And one that I, I think I still really love. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go back to it. Um, you know how certain decades, when you look back historically, like the 60s, for example, when you think of the 60s, you're like, whoa, like hippies and like music and Woodstock. The 60s really only happened from like 67 to 69. Oh, yeah, man. In that yeah. way. To me, I think what's going to end up happening with this decade is the 2010s will really be like 2015 to 2019 for us. The, well, that's what does that make any sense? It especially makes sense for me because, um, you know, I was all the way through. I mean, I've been a music fan since, since I was a little kid, but in terms of really documenting and in any way trying to methodically listen yeah. to new albums. That starts for me in 2014, 2015. Right, right. Before that, I will have a hard time. I'll have a harder time than you of really nailing down, okay, for 2011, what were my favorite albums? It's yeah. going to be fewer. It just yeah. will. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I'm going to have to figure out. Right. Well, I think this could be a good exercise in 
going back to some of those years and saying, okay, what did I miss? For sure. And that's what I intend to do. Um, and already the year feels like it's getting behind I was going to say, like, it's time to start doing it, man. Oh, I <laughs> know. Because before we know it, where it's going to be like, all right, time to make all of our lists again. Well, for sure. But the thing is, is like, it doesn't matter if I do that. It, like, no, I, I might no, have, I might get I a know. sense of some fucking album that came out in 2011, but it's like, it will never be as important to me because I didn't listen to that's it. That's a really good point. You might be able to like you know, catch lightning in a bottle or whatever. With a few, but I'm not going to get a full I picture. I mean, like, for... look, Jake, you have plenty of, like, Year of Hibernation by Youth Lagoon, Bonnie Vare, Bonnie Vare, Days there's... by Real Estate, Suck It and See, Helpless is Blues, King of Limbs. Right, no, 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 there's, there's going to be there's a lot of There's a lot of albums I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to be at a loss. It just was, that was a period before I was as methodical. I didn't document as I much. I see, I, I don't see. have, like, the record keeping in place. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't. That's Dude, that there. Tan Vampires album, right? Came out that year. God, that's... Uh, Angles by The Strokes. Dude, there's a lot of shit. I, I'm not saying I, there's nothing. I was listening to music. I, my point is not. I didn't listen to anything. Like I'm just saying, like it's not written in lists for me Jake to go back. Washed out. Right. Within and without. Good record. Right. Yeah. That's... Surfer Blood. Astro Coast. Jake. Here's the thing. Here's one more. I'll do one more little. This is an impromptu <laughs> okay, segment. Okay. Okay. Um, since we talked about time and place, uh, I took a trip for work. James Blake, self-titled debut. Go ahead. Right. Sorry. My brother and my sister don't speak to me, and I don't blame them. <laughs> That's a good. I gotta go back to that. That's a good. I album. never learned to share. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went on a trip for work to San Francisco, so I got some time and place building album mm. listens there. Uh, particularly with um, some listening experiences I, I will never forget. And one of them was to Jessica Pratt, Quiet Signs, um, walking through the city, exploring, uh, walking along the Marin headlands, looking down at the Golden Gate Bridge. Also uh, went back to Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour, yes. um, which I was like, hell yeah, Like that's my favorite album of the last year, one of my favorite yeah. albums. I'm going to listen to that while I do this, so associate a memory with it, which was great. Another thing I randomly went back to with some television. Marky Moon. Yeah, I listened to uh, not really the entire thing, but I listened to Marky Moon, uh, Venus, wow. um, and See No Evil. Do you remember how good See No Evil Yeah, was? man. That song is sick. I got to go back to television because I think when I first got into that album, I was like, I can appreciate this, but not to the degree I probably would. Now, I'm going to go back to tell. I'm going to go back to that album. Dude, it was like, it just was a totally random thing. I just How was good like, was it? How, like, awesome. Yeah. And now I always will have a memory of rushing back from, like, I went a little too far on my walk yep. to get back quickly to the plans I have with the people I went from work. And so I'll always remember listening to See No Evil and Marquee Moon while I was like kind of hustling back yeah. through the hilly streets of San Francisco. That's it's a, cool, a memory. cool memory. That's yeah. a cool one. I like it. The I other like it. one last random one was Dogs by Pink Floyd. The oh, song Dogs. Yeah. Not even the whole album. That's cool. Yeah. So cool uh, stuff. that's stuff to keep in mind, I think, is like associating memories with albums. It totally. It can be a great. nice way to keep them in your... In your heart, in your mind. In your memory banks. Let's wrap up the week, Jake, with a release radar for February 22nd. There's uh, <laughs> some interesting ones here. Interesting. Uh, we have an Offset solo album coming out. Are you going to listen to this? Probably not. This, I think, has been delayed for a bit. It was supposed to come yeah. out at the end of last year. I'll just say that I don't have much interest. Uh, and I, I will listen to the inevitable Travis Scott feature. Because he sure. shows up on everything, and he he works with Migos a lot, so I will listen to that song. But you, it, you, it, Migos it, is a weird way to say everybody. Well, he works with everybody. Yeah, in particular Migos, though. Yeah. Like he, he he's done stuff with them. But uh, yeah, I'll listen to maybe some of the features on there. Whatever. Uh, a new Kalani album. Uh, she had one that came out. What I think twenty seventeen. Uh, there was some good stuff on that one. Might check out some of the the singles on this one. Uh, and then Telekinesis, Jake. This is actually a band um, that had a few good records in the first half of the decade. In particular, uh, in 2011, speaking of, uh, the album 12 Desperate Straight Lines. That is like a kind of like a pop rock, uh, not masterpiece, but one that I really liked from that year. Um, and I think it was produced by Chris Walla from Death Cab. That sounds if, if familiar. I recall. That sounds right. Um, so I always liked that one. I've liked uh, the one that came after Domarian or whatever. They haven't put out an album since then. Yeah, since 2013. Since oh no, okay, there was one that came out in 2015. I missed it. 
so I'm going to check out this telekinesis record when it comes out. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, not too much going on this week. It is late February. so Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of having the January we never had. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's, it's fine. It's to be expected. Yeah. And we already have, like... 10 really solid albums. We have a shit ton year, of albums so. this year already yeah. that are like really good. It's still been a it's been a good year so far. Way so. way earlier on than last oh, year. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know what? This gives us a good opportunity to do some of this revisiting of the decade. Um so yeah, we'll we'll be fine. Plenty of music to listen to. I have no additional thoughts. That's Sorry. Gonna, that's, I, that's gonna do it. I thought you were <laughs> no, no. I thought I thought that was gonna go right dead in, air. I, thought, I love it. I thought that was gonna go right into the to the. We'll see you next week. We will see you next week, listeners. Goodbye. Thanks, everybody. are going. Sean, what I wanted to talk about this week mm-hmm. is um, I finally gave in and got a new phone. Uh, finally. It was a ma- it was only a matter of time because yeah. a number of uh, issues uh-huh. had sort of uh, coalesced. <laughs> Amongst them, the top half of my screen being shattered to shit. <laughs> yep, that's that a big one. one. Like shattered so bad that like chunks of glass were out of the top. I had wrapped it in packing tape. Ooh. Um also, the battery was just dying halfway yeah. through my day at work. That can't I, have that. No, and I so I had that trip coming up, and I knew I don't want this. Like, what if I have to get a lift or something? Mm. Don't want any of that shit going on. Um, so I I didn't update all the way. I didn't go for the ten, the iPhone ten. No. I feel like I'm I'm a solid like I'm always going to be in for a the generation 10. behind. Yeah, I'm that way too. What the fuck do I need? No, I don't the need the ten that. I don't for. Need that. I'll get the ten next time. Right. You know, <laughs> and without fail, there's going to be some feature that I'm not quite ready for. Well, case in point, Sean, for me, uh, the headphone situation. Oh my it's, god, it's going fine. But as you know, I, I I'm not simpatico with the um, with earbuds. You're right. With with the i uh, the iPod, yeah, whatever the fuck you call them, earpod things. Yep, they don't work in my. They fall right out. Oof. This is tough, especially given the state of the headphone jack. Or lack thereof. So what I did was I got this the little adapter thing. My problem is not with this, which seems to work fine and which is really not that inconvenient. The problem is like where to keep it at different points. As an example, I have these regular old Sony over-the-ear headphones. Yep. Uh, they're my preferred pair. Right. I plug them right into the adapter. Works like a charm. It's totally fine. The thing is, is if I unplug my headphones to put them into my laptop, I'm not going to fuck with taking this little one and a half inch adapter cord and leaving it somewhere. You will lose it. That's what I've been very cautious of. And so, because especially I will lose it. Right. There's no one more likely to misplace it this than me. This is an item that is made to be lost. Well, they're 10 bucks. It's like, hey, well, people will buy another That's... one. It's nine ninety nine. It's one of the dumbest fucking things that we're dealing with right now so what i end up with is this little fucking thing hanging out of the butt of my <laughs> phone like a little dick all the time <laughs> yep it is it is it's like, like a little limp dick like, like a little that's true and, but it's, it's like true. i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna leave it on the desk i'll no, lose I it know, and i'll forget it for work or something yeah well you know what this really makes people do is get just bluetooth or wireless headphones you're gonna have to shell out a bunch of money for those. I need to find a Bluetooth pair that is like similar. I do think they have them, although there's like a, an annoying like thing that's like receiver that sticks out here. That's whatever, not ideal. Whatever but the case, you could find them. They're these, they're out there. These are ideal for my head. I know, I know it because they fit snugly on my I know. head, like a hat should. <laughs> right. um, and I mean, so when I don't use my headphones at all, when they're not in use. I can just have this thing on the end of the headphones. That's the least awkward situation. No, it's true. Although it just does look like a little hanging penis. Yeah. On the headphones, it looks like a little awkward addition because my headphones are black. Black. That's white. And they're white. Yeah. Whatever. Like, uh, so yeah, that's been a little weird to get used to. I don't understand why the headphone jack had to die. It's for them to make more money on Uh, Apple headphones. I've seen it explained as the headphone jack 
made it not waterproof because water can get into the headphone jack area. Apparently, that little charging port at the end like doesn't. I have somehow. a I have a hot take for you on on that, Sean. I, I don't really give a fuck about it being waterproof. <laughs> well, that's that was, what we're working with. I understand, but that was never a consideration for me. Like, yeah. if you, like, I don't need to be taking my fucking phone swimming. <laughs> Diving, yeah. Like, I know that there could be, like, I had that one for three and a half years. I was around water all the time. I never dropped it in water. I know that yeah. that can happen. Yeah. And that it does happen to people. Other than the headphone jack, are you enjoying having a new phone? Loving it, actually. Good. And I actually don't mind the headphone jack that much. It's just like a weird kind of awkward thing it, to get yeah, used you'll get to. Used, you'll get used to it. Um, I Having a new phone that just fucking works it's how it's supposed to it's all the time Yeah, is great, dude. It's and big. like it has like like just the a little bit of a different feel. It does. The little different clicks when yep. you type stuff. Do you have the 8 as well? I, I do. I That's do. what I ended up with, yeah. the 8. And it's great. It has more memory. Oh, I'm not yeah. running out of space yeah. on these podcasts anymore. I know. Um, it's been it's it's, it's big. good. Yeah, no, it's big technology. Big shout to that. Um, yeah, I I don't think I have anything actually. Just the fact that I have the most boring adult problems right now. Like I need to get internet and I need new tires and taxes are due soon and like that's a disaster. Uh oh, taxes due. That was in. <laughs> did you ever have the life? Um, CD-ROM game? No, I, yeah, like, I didn't. Like the, I did not. The board game life? No, I didn't have the CD-ROM game. <laughs> that's, that's how I how I predominantly played life. <laughs> was on a CD-ROM version of the game, and when taxes were due, it went, uh-oh, taxes due. So that's how I imagine oh, God. life. Yeah. That game shaped my life in well, many ways. Well, I mean, they do really shoehorn you into a couple different paths. Literally two paths. But that's life. It's not, though. You can do whatever. No, not there's not just two paths. I mean, you can go to college or you can get a, jump right into work. Right. But there's plenty of careers. Right, right. In the game of life. Well, yeah, it's funny. Cause if you, anything, as you get older, you realize that game is actually pretty cynical. Yeah, it is, true. dude. Because it it's is. like your options are limited. And you know what? Like The point is that no matter what you do... You're gonna end up you, dead. You end up dead in the yeah. game. You just cash out. Right. No, you come in second. You come in third. Who doesn't cares? matter? Doesn't you matter. get to the end. You die. You fucking die. Went to the retirement home. Had a couple kids. Now they're going through. Yeah. No, you're so right. That is a cynical ass game. I think That's all like these board games Seinfeld kind of are. Yeah, definitely. Like Monopoly's cynical as fuck. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, anything else, Jake? Um, no, nothing for me. Okay. All right, I'm a modest guy, Sean. Oh, sure, I, sure, I, sure. I've I've not much to, to say <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, that I, we I have. <laughs> I don't need to offer much. Uh, okay, let's dive in here. <clears throat> oh my uh, my sickness is finally gone. By the way, ah, that, but my throat doesn't hurt anymore. I'm good. That's great I'm because cured. I seem to be coming down with a little something. So Jesus, we're just gonna pass this back and forth. Yeah, I have like a little bit of a throat thing going on. Yeah, uh, while traveling, that'll. Traveling feels like I'm working through some of that. Hopefully, uh, won't last too long. We'll see. Well, I'm cured. Uh, Three, (laughs) two, one.